Last year, our theme was deeper, stronger. Everyone say deeper, stronger. And my question for you is this, is one year since last year, are we deeper and stronger as a church together? I believe we are. Is that spiritually as a church, we've gotten deeper, we've gotten stronger. We have more people in small groups than we've ever had before. Uh, We went through 18 books of the Bible this past year, 18 books of the Bible. Studying it verse by verse by verse every day, sending it as an email, 366 days of the year. And we looked at 18 books of the Bible. If you're wondering which ones they are, verse by verse, we went through Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, Zechariah, Philippians, Romans, 2 Corinthians, Colossians, Galatians, Ephesians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Joel, Haggai, and Hosea. Give God a big hand for all of that. I'm almost out of breath on that one. That's pretty cool. We're just loving and learning to love God's word. We got deeper and stronger through fasting and praying together. We got to send more people on missions overseas than we've ever done before. We sent 13 people to uh, missions in Taiwan, missions in China, missions in India, missions in, in the U.S. and South America. Uh, you know, we numerically uh, grew as well. We're larger this year than we were a year ago. In fact, praise God, every month this past year, other than the month of March, for some reason, weird month, but every month other than the month of March, our attendance was higher this year than it was last year. Give God a big hand for that as well. That's very, very cool. Baptized twice as many people this past year as compared to last year. We had 51 people, new people take our membership class here at Thrive. We had another 36 people complete what we call Thrive Discipleship School Level 2, which is to help you grow in your relationship with God. Ethnically, we're more diverse now. All these amazing things that God has done for us as a church community, we are extremely thankful. If you believe that, say amen. And not only are we deeper and stronger as a community, but it's really awesome to see individuals in our church personally getting deeper and stronger. You're getting deeper and stronger in the way that you battle temptation. Getting deeper and stronger in your marriages at home. Getting deeper and stronger in the way that you love God personally, the way you worship God personally. And it's amazing to see just, just by you planting yourself here at Thrive Church and just going along with what we've been doing, watching get deeper and stronger has been a joy for Pastor Charlene and me. And if you believe that, say amen as well. Amen. And you know, as great as this past year has been, we absolutely believe that the best is yet to come. And with that in mind, I want to share with you the theme for our coming year. You guys want to know the theme for this coming year? Last year's theme was deeper, stronger. Let me tell you what the theme for this coming year here at church is. The theme for this coming year is expand your territory. Expand your territory. I said the theme for this year is expand your territory. Expand your territory. Well, this is what we mean. See, on one level, expand your territory is a prayer to God. It's us saying to God, God, I want you to expand your territory in me. I don't want to be the same person I used to be. You know, I, I want to see you do things that only you can do in my heart, in my home, in my habits, in my school, in my workplace, in, in, in my thinking, you know, in, in my city. I want you, God, to expand your territory here in me, here in my church, here in the city of Vancouver. If you believe that, say amen. That's one level that we think of expand your territory. It's a prayer to God. But there's another level that we look at, expand your territory. And it's a way to challenge yourself. Everyone say, challenge myself. 
It's a way to energize the way you look at life this coming year. It's a way to, to fuel and to drive the way you do things this coming year. Is that we're saying to one another, when we say expand your territory, we're saying don't stay in your comfort zone, but live a life of courage. Don't keep living in fear, but live a life of faith. Don't keep living in the past, but live in the now. Don't keep living as if the best days are behind you. Live because the best is yet to come. Amen. See, don't, don't live as if it's all about you. It's all about your happiness, your comfort, your convenience, your agenda. But live knowing that you've been blessed to be a blessing. That you are here to make an impact on other people. And so this year when we say expand your territory, we mean dream a bigger dream than you've ever dreamed before. We mean reach out in ways you never quite reached out before. Give in ways you maybe didn't give before. Live to be a blessing. That's about expanding your territory. This year, it's about expand your heart. Expand your life. Expand your love for God. Expand your love for people. Expand your territory. Come on, give God a big hand and a big shout in this place together right now. Tell Prince next to you, it's time to expand your territory. Expand your territory. Do you like that theme? Is that an exciting theme as we go into this coming year? I'm so excited for this theme. I was up, to, I was up since two o'clock this morning just thinking about sharing that theme with you and thinking about sharing this message with you. And because our theme is expand your territory, this morning I have a message to give to you that's gonna help you expand your territory in this coming year. Let's look at 1 Chronicles chapter four, verse nine and 10. It's on the screen. If you wanna look it up in your Bibles, it's in the Old Testament, sort of in the first third of your Old Testament, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 together. Why don't you read this in a big loud voice with me, verses 9 and 10 together. 1, 2, 3, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. See, this morning, the message I'm here to share with you is called Time to Expand Your Territory. Tell the person next to you, it's time to expand your territory. See, the theme of this coming year is expand your territory. It's because we really believe that God wants to expand your territory in 2017, 2018. We really believe that God wants to take the current amount of blessing that's in your life, the current amount of wisdom that you have, the current amount of joy and hope and vision that's in your heart, the current amount of influence that you have right now that he has given to you, he wants to expand it in this coming year. If you believe that, say amen. And see, maybe you're here today and you're actually not really sure. You're like, well, why should I expand my territory? Why should I want God to expand my territory? Maybe I'm just happy the way that I am. Maybe, you know, I don't need extra responsibility because when you expand territory, there's extra responsibility, like more money, more problems, right? And, and, and it's where, you know, what, what if I'm just happy doing life the way that I'm doing right now? I've got enough problems I, I, as it is. I've already got two kids. I don't need a third, okay? Or I, I've already got one wife. I don't need a second, all right? You know, I, I already have one mortgage. I'm already enough in debt. I don't need more things to worry about, more responsibility. I'm busy enough with life, and I don't want to get busier. If that's you today, you're probably asking yourself, why? Should I expand my territory? Why should I even care about expanding my territory? Let me tell you why. It's because God made you to expand your territory. 
God didn't put you on this earth just to stay the same and to stay the course until the day you go to the grave. God made you to grow. He made you to expand. He made you not to stay in the same place forever, but to move from glory to greater glory, the Bible says. From strength to strength, more and more in the image of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And if you don't expand your territory in this coming year, you're going to miss out on God's purpose for your life. You're going to miss out on the reason why there's breath in your lungs right now. But not just that. If you don't expand your territory, not only do you lose out, but all the people that God intended for you to bless, to influence, and to impact in this coming year, they will lose out as well. Because how many of us know that God doesn't expand your territory just for you? God expands your territory because he has other people in mind. And that's why you need to expand your territory. Because when you don't expand your territory, your home loses. Your family loses loses. Your marriage loses. Your kids lose. Your church loses. Your friends who don't know Jesus, they lose. Your city loses. The kingdom of God loses when you don't expand your territory. That's why it's so important that you make this decision today. This year, I'm going to expand my territory. It's because God wants to expand your territory, not just for you, not even just for others, but it's for his glory as well. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. Come on, give him a shout as well. Come on. You know, my, my wife, Pastor Charlene, and I, we celebrated just uh, a week and a half ago, we celebrated our 14th year wedding anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, you can clap for that. Praise God. I'm clapping for that, for sure. And uh, yes, we got married when we were 10 years old. Right. Yes, yes. It, we're, you know, we were a bit older than that. We still look, and praise God, we both look 24. Amen? Yeah. Amen. It's just the fountain of youth and the presence of God. That's what, just what happens. M married for 14 years, and uh, good 14 years? Yeah, good 14 years. Good 14 years. And, and see, the thing. For the first nine years of marriage, we had a good life. I tell you, we had a good life. We, we, we were, it was just the two of us. We, we traveled a lot. Went to places like Thailand, went to like uh, Bali once, went to Hawaii for a honeymoon. You know, we both worked a lot, but we played a lot uh, as, as well. We, we just, you know, we were our, our, this very romantic couple with one another. But then nine years into marriage, something happened. Something changed. And what changed? We became parents. We became parents. And a little boy called Bradley came into our world. And you know what happened with life? Life got busy. Our responsibilities increased. Our pressures were more than they were before. All of a sudden, we went from candlelight dinners to baby bottles and baby bibs and booster chairs. We went from, you know, hand in hand, you know, walking by the dike to a stroller everywhere we go. You know, we went from playing Scrabble and Sudoku and NBA Live 2004 up to the wee hours of the night. We went from that to trying to put a sleeping baby to sleep at 2, 3, 4, 5 a.m. in the morning. It was a change in our lifestyle for sure. And we went from just thinking about ourselves to thinking about one more person. But let me tell you this. It's true. When God expanded our territory, did life get a little bit busier? It got a little bit busier. Did the pressures increase a little bit? Increase a little bit. But would I ever want to go back to a life where Bradley was never in the picture? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because life is so much richer, 
it's so much better, it's so much fuller, there's so much more joy and purpose and blessing in our lives because God expanded our territory and God expanded our family. If you believe that, say amen. Amen, amen. even the kids agree this morning, praise God. See, and, and that's what I've learned is that, you know, when God expands your territory, it's not just your responsibilities that increase. It's not just your pressures that go up, but it's your joy. It's the power that's on your life. It's the supply that God gives you. It's the influence and your ability to make a difference. It's the blessings that increase all the more. You might be able to measure just how much busy you got a little bit, but you will not be able to measure the amount of blessings that flow in and through your life when God expands your territory. If you believe that, say amen. When God expands your territory, you know what happens? Your purpose in life is renewed. You're, you're all of a sudden reminded once again in a fresh new way. This is why God placed me on this earth. You know, when your territory expands, your joy increases because you're seeing growth happening in your life, in the areas that you care about. You know, when God increases and expands your territory, what, what happens? You experience the power of God working in your life in ways that he didn't before. When God expands your territory, your ability to help others also expands. And so if you don't want God to expand your territory, then guess what? I would submit there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you if you don't want God to expand your territory because the fact is if you don't want God to expand your territory, then what that means is that you're living a life that is much smaller than the life God intended you to live. It's time to expand your heart and it's time to expand your territory. Come on, if I'm preaching well in this place, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. Amen. And see, if you want to see God expand your territory in this coming season, this coming year, then this message is for you. See, today and over the upcoming few weeks that we're going to be doing this series together called Expand Your Territory, we are going to look at some keys to God expanding your territory. We're going to look at what it takes for God to expand the territory he has given to you right now. The territory may be called your family or your influence or you know, the way you're doing stuff right now. Maybe talents you have, maybe opportunities you've been given, maybe a season of life you're in school, work. God wants to expand your territory and we're going to look at how he does that in the next number of weeks. Let's look again at our main passage for today. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Uh, sometimes when we read scripture and I read it the first time, I kind of gloss over it. It helps me to, to read it over and over again. So let's read it one more time in a big, loud voice. Help me preach in this place. Well, I'll take a drink of water. You read it right now. One, two, three. It says, Jabez was... Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his requests. You know, when you read 1 Chronicles, what you're going to find is list after list after list of names. And names most likely that you don't know and can maybe hardly pronounce. And there are about 600 names in just the first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles alone. And why is that? It's because the person who wrote 1 Chronicles was chronicling, recording the history of Israel so that the people of his time could see where they came from. And in the middle of those 600 names that are listed in 1 Chronicles, there is one man who gets special recognition, who's talked about in ways that no one else is talked about. His name is Jabez. Everyone say Jabez. Jabez. 
It's almost like your, your high school graduation ceremony. Do you guys remember your high school graduation ceremony? Maybe you went to a very big high school with hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of students, and in your high school graduation ceremony, there were just tons and tons of people, name after name after name. And you know, at first, when, 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 the, when the students start going up to get their diplomas, there's big cheers, right? Because you know, everyone's fresh, and you, you go through the A's and the B's and the C's, and everyone's like, yay! Also, you get to the K's and the L's, and the hey! All of a sudden, you get to the the X's and the Y's, and people, it goes up a little because people can't wait for the ending, that kind of thing. But in the middle of that name after name after name presentation, sometimes you're going to find this in, I found this in every graduation ceremony I've ever been to. You know what I find? Is that in every graduation ceremony I've ever been to, there's always one name that tends to stick out. There's one name where they might be in the L's, they might be in the J's, they might be in the P's, but they're somewhere in the middle of that whole list. But then the moment the principal says that student's name, the atmosphere changes. And all of a sudden, you start to hear about the things that this person has done. This person gets this scholarship, and that scholarship. This person got straight A's and this, and this award, and that prize. And this person went and they, they saved a, a small country. At the same time, they, they also you know, took a dog out of a troubled situation. He did all these, and they graduated from high school. Congratulations to the so-and-so. And there's this big roar of applause where this person gets special recognition. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Does this bring memories to you right now? Some of you guys are like, I hate that guy. <laughs> And then there's others of you, maybe like, I was that guy. <laughs> Jabez was that guy. Jabez was that guy who stuck out in a crowd of 600. And the question is, why? Why was Jabez that guy? What made Jabez so outstanding in God's eyes that God would decide of 600 people, I'm going to bless him. I'm going to expand his territory. We're going to look at that today. See, to appreciate how God expanded Jabez's territory, it helps to understand where Jabez came from. And see, if you look at 1 Chronicles 4 and 9 with me one more time, go to 1 Chronicles verse 9, read it with me in loud voice. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. See, we don't know a whole lot about Jabez. The fact is, not a whole lot is written about him. But we do know this, is that Jabez came from a very painful past. And in fact, Jabez's name means pain. Do you know how it came about? It's, it says it right there verse 9, that his mom was having some very difficult times, either emotionally or physically or relationship-wise or both. It was, just a, it was just a very difficult time for her. And so when she actually gave birth to Jabez, it was such a painful time, she decided to call Jabez, Jabez, which means you are a pain. That was the name that he was, could you imagine being given a name like that? To be called the pain? That's like, you know, in Meet the Fockers, where, or Meet the Parents, where they, they call their son Gaylord Fokker, right? It's just, it's just, it's just, it's an opportunity for ridicule. It's like, oh, who's there? Oh, here comes the pain. Here's the pain. Who's that? Oh, it's, it's the pain. Who are you? Oh, I, I'm, I'm pain. Oh, you, you, what, you're, you're, are you depressed? No, no, I, I am pain. What would you mean? You don't make any sense. No, my name is pain. Oh, your name is pain. And see, here's the thing. It, it, oh, you're a Jabez in the butt. It's, 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 Jabez means pain. And, and see, Jabez didn't just have pain. Jabez was pain. And see, this wasn't a laughing matter uh, entirely because you know this, back in Jabez's time, that it was believed that the name you give your child has an impact on that child's future and destiny. So for example, Jesus, what was his Hebrew name? His Hebrew name was Yeshua, which means savior or he saves. 
They gave him that name because it was an indication of the kind of life he would live, the kind of person he would be, the kind of role and destiny he would fulfill. And so when Jabez's mom gives Jabez the name, you are a pain. Jabez, that is your name. What that meant was that it was a clue that this baby boy would end up living a life that's full of pain. Maybe a life that where he was in a lot of pain. Or maybe a life where he was causing pain to others a lot. Or maybe a bit of both. And see, here's the thing. This was not the first time a mother in anger gives a son a very bad name. Do you know when the first time was? Let me tell you another time. In Genesis chapter 35, the first book of the Bible, there's a woman called Rachel. Everyone say Rachel. And Rachel, she is getting birth, and she experiences some major life-threatening complications during the birth. And when the baby is born, she uses her last dying breath to name this boy. And do you know what name she gives this boy? She names this boy Ben-Oni. Ben-Oni. Do you know what Ben-Oni means? Ben-Oni means son of my trouble. Son of my trouble. That was the name that his mom gave to him. But then when the father, his name is Jacob, comes up to them and realizes the name that his wife has given to their son, he says, no, my son will not be called Ben-Oni, son of my trouble. That's not the kind of life he's going to live. I'm going to rename him. I'm going to change his name. I'm going to give him not the name Ben-Oni. I'm going to give him the name Benjamin. And what does Benjamin mean? It doesn't mean son of my trouble. It means son at my right hand. Son at my right hand. What happened? With a word, the father of this one boy, Benjamin, changed the name of the son, and in so doing, changed his identity and changed his destiny as well. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And you know, in a very similar way, I don't have time to go into this too much detail, but the fact is this. The Bible says that we were all like sons and daughters of trouble. We were all destined to be separate from God be troubled in that way, troubled because of our sin. But because your heavenly father sent a new word into your life, it changed your name, it changed your destiny, it changed your identity. We became from sons of daughters of trouble, separate from God, we became sons and daughters at the right hand of God through Jesus Christ. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. If you believe, give him a shout as well, because that's what happened to you. God changed your name, tell person God changed your name. And the pain and the trouble that we were destined for, the pain and the trouble that we had earned because of our sin, or the pain and the trouble that we deserve, God took all that pain and all that trouble and he placed it on the cross where his own son Jesus died. And in, in, in exchange, he took the status of his son Jesus, his, his, his status as a son at the right hand of God, and he gave us that status. He changed our name, and in so doing, changed our destiny, and changed our identity. If you believe that, say, amen. amen. And see, that's what happened to Benjamin, but that's not what happened to Jabez. In fact, when you read about Jabez's life, you will not see any mention of Jabez's dad. We don't even know who his dad is. We don't even know if his dad and mom were married. We don't know if he left a long time ago. There's just no mention of Jabez's dad. And what does that suggest to you? What it suggests is that Jabez grew up without an earthly father in his life. 
Jabez grew up without a father figure to protect him and to look out for him and to stand in the gap for him when other people were mistreating him. Jabez grew up without a father who he could you know, play ball with, kick a soccer ball with, throw a football with, you know, play video games with. There's someone who would teach him how to shave, teach him how to drive, teach him how to treat a girl. And as a result, he lived a very painful adolescence. He lived a very painful childhood because he didn't have a dad. He didn't have an earthly dad who could help him grow up the way that a boy should grow up, and it affected him. It affected his self-image. It affected his confidence. It affected his self-worth. It affected the way he looked at life. It affected the way he looked at God. It affected everything about his life because he didn't have that close relationship with his father. But in his pain, you know what Jabez did? Jabez did the wisest thing you can possibly do when you are in pain. You know what that is? He didn't run away from God. He ran to God. He ran to God. In fact, verse 10, what does it say? Read in a loud voice with me. He says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Stop right there. Is that when you're in pain, the best thing you can do is to run to God. Tell the person you run to God. Run to God. See, what can we learn from this? Is that Jabez, he cries out to God. And he, said, he, cry, he doesn't have an earthly father, but he cries out to his heavenly father. And, and he just tell him, he said, God, I just believe that you are there. I believe that you care. I believe that you love me. And he says, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. What can you learn from this? Well, there's a couple lessons I learned from this. The first lesson is this, is that even if you don't have an earthly father, even if you're not close to your earthly dad, Maybe that dad left a long time ago. Maybe emotionally, you're just not that close, even though you live in the same house. You have a heavenly father who loves you and is always looking out for you, amen. amen. You have a heavenly father who never stops thinking about you. That's the first lesson. There's a second lesson you can learn, is that there is no pain in your life that God cannot heal. You can write this down. There's no pain in your life that God cannot heal because God's power is greater than your pain. You know, maybe you came from a painful past. Maybe someone important in your life didn't treat you the way that you thought you should be treated. Didn't want you even. Maybe they abused you. Maybe they spoke hurtful words over you. You're a failure. No one wants you. No one likes you. You're ugly. You're a loser. You're stupid. You're, you're not going to amount to anything. And, and you've allowed that person's words to affect the way that you see yourself. Can I tell you something today? The person who has the last word on your life is not that person. The person, the one who has the last word on your life, the word that defines your life, is your heavenly father. Amen. It's your heavenly father whose word defines you. And if you will let your father's word define your life and not the words of others, you can go from a life of pain and trouble to a life of blessing, a life where you experience the love and the hope and the protection of God over your life and where you see him expanding your territory. If you believe that, give God a big hand here in this place tonight. I believe you're with me today. Give a big hand, a big shout together right now. Come on. God's power is greater than your pain. God's power can reverse the curse that's on your life. And God's greater power can break the much smaller power that hurtful words from other people have, that's, that, they, that, that they may have spoken over you have maybe affected you. He can lead you to a new destiny. And so my question for you today is this. Is there a pain that you need to bring to God today? Is there a pain from your past, 
a pain from maybe recently or maybe from a long, long time ago when you were a kid that you need, that you're still affected by today, you can bring that to God because there is no pain that is greater than God's power. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Don't let your past limit your future. See, that's what Jabez did. Jabez, no matter how painful his past was, Jabez did not allow his past to limit his future. He prayed, God, reverse the curse on my life. Instead of a life full of pain, Jabez, he prayed that, God, would you give me a life full of your blessing? And God did. So look at verse 10 again with me. It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. I want you to notice something right now. When Jabez prays so that I may be free from pain, you know what he mean? You know what he means? He's not just saying, oh, so that life would be smooth for me and I wouldn't have any problems. He's not just saying, oh, that, that you know, I will no, I'll never go through any trouble anymore. You know what he's saying when he's saying, I want to be free from pain? Remember, his name is pain. Remember, he, is, he doesn't just have pain. He is pain. That was his original name. That was his original identity. But it still affected him to that day. And so he says, I want to be free of my old way of living. I want to be free of my old identity. I want to be free of my old self because I don't want to live like, like, that, like, like that anymore. I want to live in the blessing of God. I want to live as someone who's got, whose territory God expands. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So my question for you in this place this morning is this. Is there something about your old way of living, something about your old self that you want to be free from? Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's a secret struggle. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's an old weakness that to this day still, you know, you, 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 you're still affected by. Let me put it another way. What, what is a recurring problem in your life? Maybe it's in the way you think. Maybe it's in your habits or even your character, the way you live or the way you talk to people, the way you treat people. But just a, a, a recurring problem that since it's kickoff Sunday, you wish you could kick it off. You wish you could even kick the crap out of it. Excuse my language. You, want, you just want to kick it off. Is there... Is there, maybe there is, in fact, maybe just, because I know it's, it's early morning, maybe it's, it's tough to think about something like that before. I'm going to ask some, some volunteers up to, to come up right now real quick. Can we give our volunteers a big hand right now? But we're just going to go one by one. Give them a big hand right now. Can you, can you Okay, can you come on? Can you come on? Maybe today, that old self or that old habit that you deal with to this day is fear. It's fear. You're always afraid. Your fear keeps you from taking risks. Fear keeps you from, from, from you know, reaching out to people when you know, oh man, I should really love that person. You know, fear causes you to worry. You're always thinking about the worst case scenario and you're living as if it's going to happen. You're always anxious. You're always kind of living with a lot of trepidation in your life. Is it, can anyone relate to that? Okay, can you relate to that? Do you live with fear? No? Yeah? Kind of? Kind of? Yeah? Kind of? Kind of? Okay. You know, I, I have fears. Do you have fears? Can anyone relate to this? You know what? How many of you this coming year in 2016, 2017, sorry, 2017, 2018, how many of you guys, you want to kick the crap out of fear this coming year. Amen? Anyone want to do that? Raise your hand right now. Anyone want to kick, crap, kick the crap out of fear right now? I want to do this, okay? On behalf of all of us here who struggle with fear, I want you to do this. There's nothing magical about this, but this is just symbolic, and it's kickoff Sunday. This is just for fun. We have to kick something off in order to do it. So I want you to do this, okay? I want you to do this. Just slightly get out of the way. I want you, uh, Kevin here, I want you, on behalf of all of us who struggle with fear, I want you to kick the crap out of fear, okay? I want you to maybe kick it this way so that no one gets hit in the face, okay? Let's try, let's try it that way. All right, here we go. Here we go. Ready? Okay, I think you could, you could have kicked it harder. Let's give Kevin a big hand. All right, that's good. All right, all right. Next one, next one, next one. Here's another one. Here's one. Maybe this is something you struggle with. It is laziness. Laziness. 
is that maybe you're just someone who, who always is oh, you're always procrastinating to your detriment. You find that, you know, you've got deadlines to meet, you're like, oh man, I'm just gonna sleep in. You hit the snooze button 10 times before you get to anything. And if that's you, and you, you want to be free of laziness coming here, if that's you and you can relate to that, then this one's for you. Why don't you, why don't you put this on the ground? Why don't, you, why don't you kick that up? Why don't you, why don't you kick that as hard as you can, okay? And uh, we're gonna kick the crap with the lazy, okay? That, that's a very, very light kick, okay? A very light kick, okay? Next one here, next one here. We got complaining. Here, and here's another one. Let's, let's get another one here, get another one here. Get another one here. Okay, what's this one? This one is, hurry, hurry, hurry. Grudges, okay? Let's get another one, let's get another one. Grudges, okay? You're like complaining, you're negative all the time. You're always looking at things from like a critic's perspective. You're always kind of, you're always just kind of complaining, oh this is wrong, this is wrong, this sucks, this sucks, that's complaining. Maybe that's your struggle. This year, in 2017, 2018, it's time to remove that from your life, amen. You know, maybe it's selfishness, you're always thinking about yourself. You have a tough time loving others. You're kind of insensitive to people. And you're like, oh man, oh. And it, it, it always catches up to you. Like, oh man, why was I like that? Oh man, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I should have been more thoughtful. Maybe that's you today. Maybe it's selfish. Maybe it's grudges. Is that to this day, you still hold bitterness against someone who's hurt you badly and you've never forgiven them. And by holding that bitterness in, you have allowed that to really poison yourself. You don't even know how much it affects the other person, but because you're unwilling to forgive, you find that grudges have kept you from enjoying life the way that God made you to enjoy it. On the count of three, I'm gonna ask you all to put that down, okay? And uh, here we go. What, do, do you mind getting kicked, kick, 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 the ball's kicked over this side? Is that okay? Is that okay? Okay, why don't you go on this side? Why don't you go on this side? Why don't you kick it over this side? Why why don't you kick it in the center? Why don't you kick it in this way? Okay, I'm gonna count to three. One, two, three. Let's kick the crap out of these things. Okay, here we go. Okay, okay, okay. Be careful. Okay, all right, all right. Did anyone get hit in the face? Hopefully not. Okay, thank you so much. Let's give all our volunteers a big hand in this place right now. Praise God for kickoff Sunday. Why do we do that? What's that, what's that silly illustration for? It's to say, if you want to see God expand your territory in 2017, 2018, a big part of it is learning to remove the old things that keep the new things that God wants to do in your life from coming in. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Maybe you've had a history of pain in a certain area of your life, and you don't want to stay that way. With the power of God, you can move to a better place. How did Jabez move to a better place? How did Jabez expand his territory? Well, over the next couple weeks, over the next three, four weeks, in fact, we're going to be looking at keys to expanding your territory in 2017, 2018. And there are two that you can learn from this passage. I've ever two. Two keys to expanding your territory. I'm going to go through the first one real quick because we're going to go into detail about it next week. I'm going to talk about the second one in more detail today. First, if you want to expand your territory in 2016, 2017, 2018, you got to remember this. God expands your territory through asking. Everyone say asking. That's what Jabez did. He actually did a very simple but very powerful thing. He asked God. He asked God to do something that he did not have the power to do himself. And there is power when you pray. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And we're going to talk about that next week. Is how do you pray prayers that God will hear and that God will answer? We're going to talk about that. Have you ever had that question before? How do you pray a prayer that God will hear and answer? We're going to talk about that next week. The second thing that Jabez did, God expands your territory through something called ambition. Why don't you write that down today? Something called ambition. See, today we're going to talk about, as we end today, one of the most underrated, 
unappreciated qualities that God wants all his people to have. It's so underrated and it's so underappreciated that it's often misunderstood and sometimes even despised when it actually shouldn't be. See, I want you to write this down today. If you want to expand your territory in this new year, write this down. Focus on a glorious ambition. Focus on a glorious ambition. If you want to see God expand your territory in this new year, you need to have ambition. Everyone say ambition. What is ambition? Let me, let's look at a simple definition for ambition today. Read in a big loud voice. One, two, three, it says, ambition is a strong desire to do or to achieve something, typically requiring determination and hard work. It's from Google Dictionary. I end up referring to Google Dictionary a lot these days. It's ambition is a strong desire to see something done to get something done, to achieve something, to do something. It often requires that you be determined about it. It often requires that you work hard toward it. First Chronicles 4, 10, what does it say? It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. And see, I, I don't know if you, when you read this, I don't know what you feel, but when I read this prayer from Jabez, and especially just even the first words of his prayer, oh, that you would expand my territory, oh, that you would bless me, you know what I sense from that? I sense desire. I sense ambition. Have you ever desired something? Have you prayed for something and wanted it so badly that you can't even get the words out at first? Has that ever happened to you before? Where all of a sudden what comes up is not like words that are intelligible, but they're, they're almost like you know words that are almost like groans that words can't express. It's like, oh, God, let's this, let, let this happen. Oh, God, oh, come on, do this. Let's make it happen. Lord, we want it so much. Come on. And, and, and it's, 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 you don't even, can't, can't even really express it very well. And, and, you know, that was Jabez. He's like, oh, that you would bless me. He wanted it so much. There was a strong desire in Jabez to move away from a life of pain and move toward a life of blessing. That is called ambition. Everyone say ambition. ambition. You know, we live in a city where ambition is I think sometimes looked down upon, is that we often worship stuff like quality of life and you know balance and enjoying life, sometimes to the expense of ambition. You know, once I was, I was meeting with a, a, a someone called Bing Tong. I don't know if you know Bing Tong. Bing Tong, he is, um, he's, he's from Hong Kong. He immigrated to Vancouver in the 1950s. He graduated from UBC. And he has become arguably the greatest architect that Vancouver has ever produced. He is a recipient of the Order of Canada, and it's because he's been the master planner behind some of Vancouver's most famous buildings, such as the Chan Center for Performing Arts at UBC, Aberdeen Center, False Creek Yacht Club, Central City Shopping Center in Surrey. There are all sorts of projects in Canada and around the world that he has been in charge of, that he's in charge of planning. And once he was sharing his thoughts on leadership, and I, remember, I still remember what he said. I still remember where I was when he said it. He said, you know, I don't understand. He says, I don't understand why we live in a city where people often say, he's talking about Vancouver. He says, I don't understand why we live in a city where people often say, hey, don't work too hard. Don't work too hard. And he says, where's the ambition? Now, I know that don't work too hard is a, it's a polite way of saying, hey, see you later, right? But here's the thing is that in our city, it's kind of true. In our city, we tend to chase quality of life more than we chase big dreams. And so we'll say, say oh, don't work too hard. Don't, don't take things too seriously. Be all tight over, man, right? We say those kind of things. Go, sit back and enjoy life. You know, life is too short to be stressed all the time and all this stuff. And here's the thing, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we should be stupid in the way that we run ourselves to the ground. But can I tell you this? A life without ambition is no life at all. 
It's not a life. You're just existing. If you have no ambition, you're not really living. Basically, if you are a young person in this place and you have no ambition, you are basically an old person waiting to die. When you don't have ambition, when there's no ambition in your heart, no dream you're pursuing, no goal you're going for, then you are basically just existing and waiting to die. A life with no ambition is no ambition at all. And see, let me tell you this. God did not make you to live a life where there's no ambition where it's always just comfortable and you're just you know, enjoying life all the time. See, God didn't make you just to float through life and it's always same old, same old. Hey, my young, oh, my young. Oh, it's all the same, you know, no goals to pursue, nothing to be excited about. You know, just, it's just every day is a daily grind. And God did not make you to live life that way. God made you to live life with a God-given ambition, amen. God, let me tell you this, God blesses and he uses people with great ambition. Do you guys know that? God blesses and he uses people with great ambition. Do you guys know the two most ambitious men in the Bible were also the two most accomplished men in the Bible? The two most ambitious men in the Bible were also the two men that God used more than anyone else. Do you know who they were? Let me give them to you. Number one was Jesus. Number two, Paul. Two of the most ambitious men you will find in the Bible. God used them more than he used anyone else. And God blessed them in many ways more than he blessed anyone else. Look at Romans 15, 20. Let's start with Paul. What does Paul say? These are Paul's own words. And what does he say? Read it with me in loud voice. One, two, three. It says, it has always been by ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. He says, it's always been my ambition, not just you know, for a moment, not just for a day, not just for a season. You know how sometimes we have these dreams that come and go, we're not really that serious about it. For Paul, it has always been, everyone say always. It has always been his ambition. It's been consistent throughout all his time as a Christian. I want to preach the gospel to people who don't know the gospel yet. Look at Colossians 1, 28 and 29. This is Paul talking again. What does he say? He says, read it with me. We proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Keep on going. He says, to this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. See, what is Paul saying? He's saying, my goal in life, my ambition, the reason there's breath in my lungs is because I am here to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to as many people as possible. And even if it means that I have to pour out my life, even if it means that I have to struggle, you know what, I'm gonna do it because it is an ambition that is worth giving my life for. If you believe that, say amen. See, in these verses, Paul is sweating ambition. He's oozing Ambition. He has so much ambition. And a lot of people, oh, ambition is a bad thing. Yo, don't, don't, don't have so much ambition. Yo, you know, be all time over. Yo, don't be so over. Yo. And you know what? Paul, he was all over ambition. He was all over ambition. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. What does Jesus have? Look, do you know, look, 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 by the way, you know, you know the two words that people use when they have ambition? Two words. When you have ambition, there are two words that you use. You might not say them out loud but you'll think them all the time. You'll think them all the time. When you have ambition, you will think these two words all the time. I must, I must, I must go there. I must do this. I'm not gonna let that get in the way. I'm not gonna be distracted. I must do, I must do that right now. That's what, that's what a person with ambition does. You know what a person without ambition does? They, they might use those same words, but they use them in a different way. It's always as an excuse. Oh, sorry, I can't go to church today because my sister's friend's cousin's dog is uh, not sick, but just a little bit stressed. 
you know? And so I must go take care of him, okay? What is that? That is using I must as an excuse. But let me tell you this, when you have ambition, you're always thinking, I must, I must, I must. And do you know, guess what? In the Bible, do you know who uses the words I must more than anyone else in the Bible? Do you know who it is? His name is Jesus. Jesus, look at this, Luke, Luke 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 49. Why don't you help me preach in this place this morning, please, and read in a big, loud voice. This is Jesus at the age of 12 talking to his parents who are searching for him. Read it in a big, loud voice. One, two, three, it says, but why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? I must be in my father's house. Look at four, Luke 4, 43. Read it in a big, loud voice. One, two, three, it says, but he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that is why I was said everyone say I must look at Luke 13 33 read in a loud, loud voice one two three it says in any case I must keep going today and tomorrow and the next day for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem everyone say I must John 10, 16, read it with me, it says, I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. What is he saying? He's saying, I must. Everyone say, I must. He's saying, I've got sheep that are not in the church. They're outside. They're in the condos. They're in the shopping mall. They're in cafes. They're in bubble tea restaurants. And I need to bring them in also. So there's one shepherd and one flock. I must. Everyone say, I must. And Luke 19.5, read it with me. What does he say? It says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Everyone say, I must. See, what is that? What am I showing you? Jesus was revved up with ambition. He had so much ambition that every day had a purpose. Every moment mattered. Every day counted. Because Jesus was focused on a glorious ambition. His life had a purpose. He never had a, oh, La Young's, oh, everything's same, everything's same old, same old. No, he every day lived his life with purpose because his eyes were set on a glorious ambition. Amen. In the same way, God put you on this earth not just to float through life without any ambition. God made you to live for a glorious ambition. It's because you can't accomplish anything great without ambition. Without ambition, you can't have a great family. Without ambition, you can't have a great marriage. Without ambition, you can't parent great kids. Without ambition, you can't build a great church. Without ambition, you can't have a successful company. Without ambition, you can't have, lead a successful team or organization. You need ambition. Without ambition, anything that you say is your dream, if you don't have ambition, that dream is just empty words and wishful thinking. It's because you can't accomplish anything great without ambition. If you believe us, say amen. No sports team wins a championship without ambition. And can I tell you this? Here at Th- look it up here now. See, here at Thrive Church, we have a glorious ambition. You know what a glorious ambition is? Something that's know already, it's already off the top of your head. You can say it by heart. Why don't you say it with me right now? Here at Thrive Church, say it with me. Here at Thrive Church, we exist for five purposes called A-E-I-O-U. 
A is for alive. It means we're here to worship Jesus. E is for expected. It means we're here to grow into Christ-like disciples. I is for involved. It means we're here to serve God with our talents. O is for out loud. It means we're here to lead others to Jesus. U is for united. It means we're here to love our spiritual family. And our dream is to build a church of 10,000 AEIOU leaders in the city of Vancouver. Come on, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. Give God a big shout in this place right now. Come on. Here at Thrive Church, that is our glorious ambition. Tell your neighbor, we have a glorious ambition. We as Thrive Church, we as a family of God, we have a glorious ambition. It's to build a church of 10,000 alive, expectant, involved, out loud, united worshipers, disciples, servants, leaders in the kingdom of God. If you believe that, say amen. amen. That's why we're here. And it's for that reason, with that vision in mind, because we have a glorious ambition, that I'm here to give an announcement that's going to change the history of our church right here, right now. Are you guys ready for it? Yeah. Are you guys ready for this announcement? Yeah. Are you guys ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the big announcement I'm here to share with you today is that starting October 8th, 2017, on Thanksgiving Sunday, we will be moving to two services. Amen. Oh, come on, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place right now. Come on. We're going to be moving to two services. Everyone take two services. 9.30, 11.30. 9.30 a.m., we have children's ministry, translation there, 11.30 for all the people who can't wake up early. 9.30, 11.30. And the question is, why? Why are we moving to two services? Let me give you three reasons why. We're moving to two services. The first reason is because we're growing as a church. Everyone say, we're growing. growing. And we need to make more room. Praise God. We've gotten to a point now, and we've been there for a while, where we need to make more room for people. Otherwise, we're just not going to fit. And, and we need to make more room because, you know, there are people who are, we, we have friends, we have relatives, we have neighbors, we have coworkers, we have classmates who don't know Jesus, that we want to bring them here so that they can be experiencing what we experience every Sunday. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. There's a second reason. The second reason why we're moving to two services is so that we can have a healthier children's ministry. Everyone say, our children. children. See, let me explain this to you. See, a lot of you guys, you don't know, we have no clue about this because you're here in service with me. Is that our children's ministers, we have some amazing volunteers and staff who work in our children's ministry Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And they, when they are serving in children's ministry, they are not able to be here in service and so we have children's ministers who will be serving week after week after week, but they're not able to receive because they're not in service every week. In fact, I talked to one children's minister who hasn't been in service for almost two months because she's been in the children's ministry for as long as she has. And so, you know, how many of us know that a healthy relationship with God is one where you give and you receive? Amen. Amen. And here's the thing. We don't want our children's ministers to burn out. We don't want our children's ministers, you know, one day I go to the children's ministry center and I see people strewn across the, the floor because they're unconscious and, and they're, they're, they're bleeding from, from, from stress and, and they're, just, they're, they're just, you know, so burnt out they can't do anything anymore. We don't want that to happen. We won't want our children's ministers to be unhealthy. We want them to be healthy and happy. Amen. And that's why we want to move to two services. When you have two services, they can serve in one. You can serve in one, and you can attend one as well. Amen. You can serve in one and, and give. You can, you can attend one and receive and be in the presence of God with God's people, receiving the teaching of God's word so that you are happier and healthier. If you believe that, say amen. 
And how many of us know when, when you have healthy children's ministries, you will have healthier children? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Even just for that reason alone, I'm like, man, we should have done this a long, long time ago. Number three, there's a third reason why we're moving to three services, two services, not three yet, but two services right now, is that we need to go to two services because our city needs Jesus. Amen. Our city needs Jesus. And, and, and what we're doing is we're making more opportunities for more people in our city to know Jesus Christ. This is the most important one. It's almost like we, as a church, we're not a cruise ship. We're not just a social club. We're not some military warship that's attacking everybody. But we are a fishing boat that's here to reach as many people with the love and the hope we have in Jesus Christ as possible. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And when you move to two services, what does that mean? It's like a fishing boat. We have multiple hooks in the water now. We get the fish who like to bite early. We get the fish who like to, oh, 11 o'clock, oh, I'm gonna go to sleep, I'm going to church. Oh, oh. And, and what, what is that? What is that? That is reaching more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That is why we're moving to two services. It's for the sake of the gospel. It's for the sake of our city. It's so that we can continue to see God do amazing things here at Thrive. It's for the health of our children's ministers and the health of our next generation. If you believe that, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Come on. I said give God a big shout in this place right now. Come on. Amen. Praise God. God is expanding our territory. And is it going to be a little bit more work? For some of the teams, it's going to be a little bit more work. But is it worth that extra work? If we have a church that's stronger and healthier, if we have children's ministers that are happier and healthier, if we have children who are happy and healthy, if we're growing and seeing more people come to Jesus, is it worth all that little bit of work extra? Absolutely. No brainer. It is worth expanding our territory. If you believe that, say amen. amen. William Carey, the great missionary from who went to India, he said, attempt great things for God and expect great things from him too. And that's what we're about to do starting October 8th, 2017. Just over, just under a month from now. Are you excited for two services? Yeah. Give God a big, big hand. Praise God for that. Tall person on your right and your left. Give him a high five and say, I'm excited for two services. I'm excited for two services. Praise God. Thrive Church, it is time to expand our territory. It is time to expand our territory. It's time to chase our glorious ambition. It's time to see God do greater things through us than he's ever done before. It's time to love God and love people like we've never loved them before. It's time to represent Jesus in our city like we never have before. It's time to see more people come to know Jesus and get baptized in his name than we ever have before. It's time to provide a spiritual home for people who are lost, who aren't connected to any church community, who are dying for true friendship and they're looking for real hope. It's time to reach them with the gospel of Jesus. It's time to see our children, our children's ministers thriving in our church and becoming the happy, healthy, alive, expected, involved, out loud, united leaders that we've called and are called to be. Why don't you write this down? God did not make you to live with no ambition or with selfish ambition, but to live for a glorious God-given ambition. Why don't you write that down or take a picture of it? Because it's true. God did not make you to live with no ambition or with selfish ambition, but to live for a glorious God-given ambition. God didn't make you just to float through life with no goals, no purpose, no direction, no dreams. He also didn't make you to live where it's all about you, where 
You sacrifice everything and everyone else for you. You sacrifice your church for your comfort. You sacrifice your family for your convenience. No, God made you to live for a glorious, God-given ambition. How do you know if you're pursuing a glorious ambition or you're pursuing your own selfish ambition? Well, can I tell you something? This week in small groups, you're gonna find out. This week in small groups, I'm not, I'm not gonna share it with you right now, but I want you to go to your small groups because this coming week in small groups, I'm gonna give you some extra bonus content on how you can tell if you are pursuing a God-given glorious ambition or you're pursuing selfish ambition. I'm gonna give you some extra content on that. And so make sure you're in small group this week. Tell person, be in small group this week. And if you don't know what a small group is or you don't have a small group, go and see the Welcome Center. Go and find someone who brought you here to church and they can tell you what small groups is all about. God made you to live for a glorious ambition that is bigger than yourself. If you believe that, say amen. You know, Charlene and I got married 14 years ago and we celebrated our 14th anniversary just a week and a half ago. There was a song that we would sing. Um, I don't know if you remember this song. Do you remember this song? It's, uh, um, and, and we, we would listen to it. Uh, There's a CD that we loved, um, and uh, we would li we'd listen to it in the background while we were just, you know, hanging out and doing what we love to do. And, and, uh, and you know, she and she and I, we would sing this song, and, um, and it, it's called One Pure and Holy Passion. Do you guys know this song? It goes, Give me one pure and holy passion. Give me one magnificent obsession. Jesus, give me one glorious ambition for my life. To know and follow hard after you. And it goes, to know and follow hard after you. To grow as your disciple in the truth. This world is empty, pale, and poor. Compared to knowing you, my Lord, lead me on, and I will run after you. And it says, give me a glorious ambition. You know, the greatest ambition you can have in life, and the greatest life you can lead, is a life of knowing Jesus and following him. That's a glorious ambition. In fact, can I tell you, nothing else in life compares. Nothing else in life compares getting called to whatever profession you ever get called to doesn't compare. Even having your family, that is a little empty, pale, and poor when you don't have Jesus in your life. Because you're not often, you're, you, when you have Jesus in your life, you're often reminded these are blessings from God. They're not a burden, but they're a blessing from Him. It is such a joy to follow Jesus. It is our glorious ambition. Thrive Church, it is time in this new year to chase our glorious ambition. It's time to expand our territory. It's time to seek after God's kingdom first and find he adds everything we need and more. If you believe that, give God a big hand and a big shout. I said give God a big hand and a big shout. I want you to stand up from your feet and I want you to give God 30 seconds of praise when I count to three. And because he is our glorious ambition, I want you to give him praise from your heart. I want you to give him worship from your heart. I just want you to give him thanks that you're alive today and that he puts breath in your lungs so that you can pursue a glorious ambition with your life. Can you do that on the count of three? Let's just give God praise on the count of one, two, three. Come on, give God a big shout in this place right now. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much that you made us to expand our territory. 
that you made us for a glorious ambition. That every single person who's here in the sanctuary, every person who's here in the nursery, every person who's here in Acts 29 Cafe, everyone who's in the Children's Ministry Center, every single person who's here watching online, that you have a calling on their life. You have a purpose for which you made them. You made them for a glorious ambition. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, God, that we don't have to go through life without purpose, without any dreams. Thank you, God, that when we will come to you, we come to the dream giver. We come to the one whose ambition becomes our ambition. That we would seek your kingdom first. That we would see your glory in and through our lives, in our homes, in our marriages, in our children, in our ministry, in our workplace, in our schools. That in every place that we go, we would see you expand your territory in our city. Thank you, Jesus, for the new season that is upon us. Thank you, God, for a new year that is ahead. Thank you that we have an awesome God, and because of him, the best is yet to come. We give you praise, and we give you thanks that we can live for a glorious ambition, all because of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Give God a big hand, a big shout together right now. Praise God.